Kaputa's Network. Hi, this is Evan Track with the Freebirds Network. Today we bring you another episode of 40K Radio. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to 40K Radio. Hello and welcome to episode 73 of 40K Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Alex. With me, as always, is JF. Hello, Matt. How hey, are you? I am doing well. And yourself? No, just go, go move to Amy. And Amy! Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and today I'll just be catching up on some of the news at Games Workshop. But as always, we like to talk about hobby stuff first. And I understand Jeff is a, is a little giddy today, so we'll let him go first. <laughs> <laughs> so much. Uh, no, I mean, like, I'm. I've got too many secret projects. Like, I, I have, I have things I can't talk about because they're like things for Adepticon that I try to keep <laughs> under wraps. But I do have, I do have a project for Adepticon that. So, so here's what happened. Uh, I got an idea, <laughs> really, <laughs> a dumb idea for the uh, or, uh, the Adepticon Warhammer 40K friendly. Um, my favorite event of uh, of Adepticon because it's it's the best event. The end. It's the best like, event. The it's end. so good. Go Team Pink. Um, but so I get this really stupid idea for it, and because I uh, Amy's asking me, so do you do you, do you know what the, the theme is for the forty K friendly? I, go, I don't I don't know, but I know who I can bother about it. <laughs> So, uh, so I got. And, uh, I, I'm not going to say anything because I, w- I don't want to steal the punch. But I, I, I've been told what it's supposed to be, and I found this really good idea uh, to match that uh, that theme. And I, I never match themes for the 40k friendly because uh, I'm 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 a fast painter, but I'm not fast paint a team tournament army and a cool friendlies army in time for Adepticon fast. That's a level of fast uh, I don't have. Um, not not with a full time job. Too full anyway. So I, <laughs> I I get this idea. I'm like, oh no, I need to do this, but I need to do this with a very low model count, and it's good because what fits the stupid idea is the equally stupid army, the orcs. You may have heard of them. They're <laughs> dumb, and. The specific list of models that I would need for this dumb idea, there, there's, there, there were different ways of doing it, but one of the ways uh, ended up with like a 23 model count army for orcs, which you'll recognize if you're an orc player as being incompetently small. <laughs> and like that's terrible. because, yeah, it's just, just yeah, it's, the worst. It's, it's not technically according to most metrics a good orc number but i figured i could do it because they're all buggies and bikes there you go see that makes more sense i build my list and i build my list i I have my mall account and i go to my guy and i go my guy (laughs) <laughs> after after deliberating for uh, i spent a couple like a few days like more days than usual when i have a, a, a dumb idea like i let that one simmer until i was kind of sure and then i, I got a i got a royalty ch- check from 
my publisher and I went, well, you know, <laughs> I mean, Mork well. and Gork are trying to tell me something here. <laughs> <laughs> um, they cast a green spell upon my bank account that says I should order those models now. So I, <laughs> I ordered models and almost immediately <laughs> Games Workshop shows up and says, hey, yeah, about buggies lists. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But I had I had a moment of panic. But because the way I build armies, I have um, – I have to say, you know how, you know, Spider-Man has a spider sense and you know how you can't – like it, 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 you can't kill a fly easily because it almost seems like they see in the future and they can dodge your hand before you hit it? Like that kind of like preternatural sense. Sure. I have that, but – my gift is building bad lists. <laughs> so, even though I lucked into what was apparently a cheese met meta for the orcs at this time, I managed to somehow build the list that once the cheese was nerfed out of it, it still worked. It's still <laughs> the same list. Because while I chose an all buggies list, I built it dumb. So even once Games Workshop said, yeah, yeah, the only way you can build this is if we, we you do the dumbed down version we're offering you. And I went, that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did the dumb thing already. So I'm I'm good. Um, and I, I just received those uh, like I've, I've been building and painting under things I can talk about. But like I, I received my first batch of buggies today and i've been just before the show while uh amy and and matt were talking about serious show things i was opening buggy black <laughs> boxes and going all right how do i how do i paint these like how because i need to do like sub assemblies in a very clever way because the way i want to paint them is particular like it's going to be a, a shockingly low conversion uh project for me but with a very specific dumb paint scheme mm. um but I, I, I want to be able like it, it's going to require a certain amount of finesse and things I'm not used to doing. So I want to be able to keep certain some assemblies a certain way. So I'm inspecting those things. I had built uh, Rocket Trucks Quick Buggies, which are not in this list. I heard that that was the cheese buggy. It's <laughs> it, it, the only one That's what I you did take. not select. <laughs> and the only reason I did not select it is because I already painted some for another project years ago. And they're going in your beast snaggers. They're, go they're gonna go in my beast snaggers, and they're they're That's gonna awesome. be their own dumb conversion. Like they're basically just like I, I think I've talked. What I'm gonna do with my the Rucka Trust squig buggies is I'm gonna make Rucka squig squig buggies. So it's just gonna be giant squigs carrying squig cannons because you know these snaggers. <laughs> so I had never, although I had assembled uh, the squig buggy, I had never really opened any of the other ones except for the Death Killer War, War Trike, which is not. It doesn't have the feature that I'm discovering that all these other things have is the grots are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that a Megatrack Scrabjet had a tail gunner, and I am just delighted oh, yeah. by that. Uh, I'm, I'm just very – I'm also happy that – like the, the Boom boom Decker Snazwagon, for those who know that, that's the one that has a little Mad Max grot in front. And I'm obviously going to have one of those in front there, but – of the three of these snaz wagons I have, there's going to be two of them that are going to wind up somewhere else. <laughs> and 
one of them might just be on another buggy's tire. <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's just so many. Like, I say it's not going to be a high conversion. It's not. I'm not going to sculpt anything new. I'm probably not going to do. But I will bit swap a few things. Sure, sure. <laughs> and crops are high on my list of stuff I want to bit swap because they're so much fun. Oh, the more grots, the better. Man, if you could send me that <laughs> mooning grot. Oh, I'll, I'll get a. Once I actually just wrote it down, um, I will go through. Once I can find my bag of snotlings, and I will send you a selection of snotlings. I would be honestly, I I would owe you. Um, like if you need another kidney, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I'm not making promises, but we can talk. <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm I'm super excited. Like Games Workshop sent me a bunch of stuff I can't talk about, um, and. I, I, I love the way they approach like we're gonna talk about like the the the, the stuff but I it, everything Games Workshop this this past few weeks have been really pro JF so I'm I'm pretty thrilled <laughs> I'm having a good time <laughs> <laughs> how about one of you two that Matt's gonna select <laughs> uh, uh, Amy um so. I started my 40K-friendly army back last Adepticon that didn't happen, right? Like, we did it on the stream. And so I've had to, like, redo a bunch of stuff because I did a bad job because I was doing it fast and on stream. And so I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to – I got, you know, I had some downtime. I was, like, sitting uh, watching some streams. So I'm like, all right, well, I could, like, get some of this painting done that's, like, low-key, right? And so I'm like, all right, well, I can paint, like – like, so I was smart and I wrote down all of my painting steps in my little notebook. Um, do I know where that notebook is right now? That answer is no, but it doesn't matter because all I know is I need death world forest to just like base coat these green parts. That's fine. That's not a problem. I went through and reorganized every paint that I have and could not find my oh, pot no. of death world forest because of course uh, I have since located it. So I'm back on track, but <laughs> I did get – I'm a sucker for a, a a modeling tool if it is good, right? Like, I don't like a lot of the, the GW tools, but, like, I like the mold line remover, mm. and I like the old mm. handles. The new handles are fine. Um, but I did pick up the subassembly holder. Ooh, I saw that one. So, now, here's the thing, right? Because, like, you're not going to use this for everything, because um, you're not going to paint everything in this many sub-assemblies. But if you're doing, like, your good thing. So it comes with basically two sprues. Um, it has sort of a, a, a cone-shaped holder that has a hole in the top, and then a bunch of the little spiky things that you can, like, glue stuff to. Now, it fits in... So you use the, uh, use the little cone piece in your in your handle. Um, but you can also put the pegs in, if you have the big painting stick, mm -hmm. they'll go in there too. Mm -hmm. Like the priming stick, they'll fit in there too. Um, so <clears throat> I haven't used it on anything yet. I have to pick like a project for it. Um, but the point is really small. The attachment point. Yeah. What I like is it's model plastic. So you could use like, plastic glue mm, okay. and then just snip it off when you're done and depending on how careful you are when you snip it off you could you know use it a couple times 
because you know it's always going to be on a part that's going to be attached to something else anyway um and uh yeah it seems kind of cool they're kind of fancy and i dig them and they've got little like grippies on them so they're not just like smooth plastic that you're gonna drop everywhere (laughs) and uh so so far in theory on paper i'm pretty impressed by them it's weird because that's the one product that I saw. Like, obviously, there was a lot of backlash. Like, why would I pay for essentially for sprues? And I was like, yeah, you know, I like I like slapping back at people complaining, mostly because of the way to complain about yeah. what they're complaining about. And that was when I went, yeah, I don't know if I can clap back on that. Like, I don't like. I'm probably I don't know if I'm gonna get the product, but that's I mean that sounds like a solid argument. Like buying plastic just to throw it out. Um, what, what's, what's your take? Like, is this something that you could replace with just pieces of sprue or like, uh, is it uh, not, ice? not really pieces of sprue. Cause I mean like the point of contact where you, where you glue like your head or whatever is really teeny. Yeah. So like if you use plastic glue, you're going to have a minimal contact point, which is real nice. Um, so I mean like, it, I guess it comes down to like how much, um, like how much sub-assembly work you do. I mean, it very much is, like, everything they show, it's always, like, heads on it. Mm-hmm. Which it is definitely, like, if you're doing an arm, just, like, shove a paper clip or a toothpick on it, and that's probably fine. Stick it in a cork. Um, but, like, for some of that finer stuff, especially if you're doing, like, a competition model or, you know, your, your center showpiece model, like, it's kind of nice for that. I kind of dig it. I mean, in, in that optic, it looks like the kind of thing that you'll buy once and probably carry your entire hobby. Yeah, exactly. You never need another one. Okay, okay. So it's it's not it's not as disposable as the initial um, outrage made it sound. No, I definitely don't think so. Like, I mean, there's a there's a there's a shelf life to each individual holder. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. but I mean, you get um, two, three, six. You get uh, forty-four of them. Okay. Yeah. In this oh, box. Oh damn! Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, that is. I. You get forty-four of the little contact things, and then two of the bigger holders. And you can I swap thought... them out, right? Like if you're painting like a bunch of them. So... Yeah, I thought you were gonna say something like you get twelve. Right. Like, yeah. No, no. That, it's that like is that is significantly more. And twenty-two per sprue. Because here's the thing, like that's. This is a kind of the same sort of quote unquote level of outrage that we saw when the the, the Games Workshop handles first came out. Mm. That oh yeah. well, I can do that with like bottle, use a bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. right. like there, there was a lot of there's so many homemade recipes for this. Why would I want to spend money for that? And it turned out that Games Workshop first of all priced it low enough that yeah. it didn't matter. And then it turned out that they were like a justifiably good product. So much so that they had to like they, they actually made a second edition of it, um, and most people have some at this point. So is, is this like the same thing or? I mean, it, again, it's it's your painting style, right? Like if yeah. you're just gluing your little Space Marines all together and going about your day, then maybe you don't need it. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, especially if you're doing the faces and bases bit, you know, where you want it, you know, that's the part you're going to focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, like, especially with characters, I think it's extra, you know what I mean? Or if you're doing a skirmish game where every model counts and there aren't yeah. that many of them, 
Yeah, like I think it's nice to have around. And, and admittedly, we are like in the universe where a lot of people are, are starting to ask the question, like how how do I paint eyes? How do I get yep. how do I get that orc's nose pursing or or stuff like that? People are starting to get a lot more savvy with the quality of the work that they're putting in. I'm I'm not saying that's 100 percent of the of, of the audience, but it's certainly a larger per you know portion it used to be. It's it's not like the the original painting handles where I would tell literally anyone who's painting go get like two or three of these. You know what yeah, I mean? Get, like, like it's not quite pack. that level of yeah. of, you know, importance, but if it's the thing you need, it is exactly the thing you need. Okay. Now I I I was asking the question I was I'm trying to poke holes at it because it's one of those it's one of those products that is it does feel like until you use it, it's hard to know if it's worth it. Yeah. So I was I mean, like, oh, I know someone who's using it. Because you basically get two full sets. If, like, mm -hmm. you and a friend want to split them, you know what I mean? Then it's, That's, like, six true. bucks a piece to try it. It's, wait, it's how much? Like, it's $12 so for the set? It's, like, twelve fifty. Let me double check the back of the box here. <clears throat> it's it's still, like, that's not, like. twelve fifty. Wow. It's not, it's not, not bad at all. It's yeah. not terrible. I no, I mean I don't I don't know that I'm gonna get some, but at the same time, um, if it's I do feel it's something I need, yeah. I won't feel bad for getting it. Mm -hmm. so, I was yeah. actually I was checking out the um, I might pick one up this weekend the their priming stick. Mm. Just because it seems like you know it's always such a pain in the ass to get the model from all angles angles without uh, you know wearing gloves and using and but it looks like that might just work perfectly. Yeah, and like I like the elastics on that. Um, yeah. I don't have one because I mostly airbrush prime now, but like I like the elastics because no matter how much blue tack you put on the bottom, like, and I'm like outside my apartment in the alleyway, and like inevitably you lose one, and you're like, yeah, <laughs> and then you got grass stuck to it, and you're like, this is exactly how I wanted this to go. Yeah, it looks. Wait, doesn't sound like that's what you'd want at all. No, it's terrible, Jeff. <laughs> oh, okay. It's absolutely the worst. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't been disappointed with any of the, you know, games, accessory games, workshop, hobby products. Like the, I have eight of those, those paint handles and um, everything I've purchased so far, um, I haven't had a problem with. I, I like, just like, I think most people, I skip the exacto knife and the clippers and stuff, but. Yeah. That's the thing. Like there, there's some of them that are, they're, it's not that they're bad. They're just expensive for what they are. Right. Um, on the other hand, I've been using clippers, like games workshop clippers that I got. Um, doing Canadian conflict event, which some people will remember the last one of those was in 2003. Uh, <laughs> and like, it's still yeah. a good clipper, still working fine. So again, like, I'm, I don't know. But yeah, the, the exacto knife is, is kind of a weird one that you're paying so much for a version you can get for $2 at like Staples or whatever. But so it's, it's why I'm asking when some of these more specific products, like, are they good? Are they expensive? And yeah. I follow them. A bunch of people I follow have like gotten into Gundams. Ooh, yeah. And because like a lot of those, they don't paint them, they have to be like super careful cutting all their sprues and everything. Right. And they have like. They have like fifty dollar clippers, and yeah. I'm like, "What are we doing?" I don't feel so bad about literally anything I've bought. 
Oh, no, I mean, the moment you go into any kind of specialized art equipment, like, this is one of the things that's always kind of amazed me about the, the hobbying community, like, is when they, they look at uh, Games Workshop brush price and go, well, that's expensive. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, Graphs right. in art degree. Oh, let, yeah. let me open the doors to the actual real-life human yeah. art, art world. Come inside, watch the prices. They don't drop. This isn't freaking Walmart, buddy. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's 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 insane, and it's like the people say, say, what twenty dollars for a Kalinsky brush? That's insane. It's like, yeah, no, it's only twenty dollars because it's actually yeah. tiny and minuscule, cool, because that same company makes a three hundred dollar brush. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. So sit down, like if you're, it's like if you're going to walk the moral gray line of using endangered animal fur to paint your little toy soldiers, prepare to put down some dollars. <laughs> um, Matt, what are you been doing? We yeah, had Matt. our our second Necromunda campaign night, so um, that's been continues to be fun. Uh, had sort of a crazy game with one of my friends. We had. I think, uh, let's see, we had 14 guys total. Half of the guys on the board went out of action, but they all, we all rolled, it's like between 11 and 26 for just, they're just knocked out. So like nobody got hurt at all, which is pretty, pretty funny. Um, painting with, play, playing with paintball guns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I have become obsessed with building a Zone Mortalis board because um, if there's a game that needs house rules, it's it's Necromunda for sure. Like um, mm -hmm. you can go, there's a really good, um, I think it's called Yak Tribe, right? It's just it's a, basically a website dedicated to Necromunda with forums and stuff, and it's like here's the 30 house rules that we implemented from the core rules when we play our Necromunda campaign. So um, if there was a game that was just guidelines, it's Necromunda. But um, Zone Mortalis, it's interesting because the way when you play a Zone Mortalis mission, the way you set it up is you know it's all those 12 by 12 tiles. And mm -hmm. rather than setting up a whole board, you, you set up the tiles, right? So you could have, like, um, five tiles making, like, a cross shape or, you know, it can kind of sprawl out however you want. Sure. So I uh, I just need the tiles to come back in stock because they've been out of stock for a while. Um, you can get a pack of four tiles from Games Workshop for, like, 50 bucks, and people, like, on out in the quote-unquote real world want, like, $150 for a pack of them. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So hopefully those will come back soon, but... Um, just been been having a lot of fun with Necromunda. Uh, we'll see. I mean, hopefully the campaign doesn't peter out as so many of the campaigns my friends and I do tend to do. But um, that's mainly been my focus. I'm painting up my guys this weekend, um, so I'll post pictures of that when I get to them. On to Games Workshop news. I think. One of the more interesting ones that we had recently was the Necrons coming to Aeronautica Imperialis. <laughs> I am super excited about that. I like I that we talked too. about it like not two episodes ago. Yeah. <laughs> like two, maybe three. And we definitely talked about it. I feel like we, you know, manifested it. <laughs> and what's interesting <laughs> yeah, too this is, is, a secret. Uh, is, um, yeah. You know, they didn't release the campaign book for this newest, uh, with the newest box set, so people are wondering, is it going to be the campaign book going to have all three in them? Three of them, Necrons, Space Marines, and Eldar, or is it going to be, like, is this going to be an, another box set that's coming with some other faction? It's it's tough to say, but it does yeah. look like, the way they previewed it, it, it does 
feel like this is going to be the first faction that comes out without a box set. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's only, I mean, it's two planes, which is is pretty well that we know so far. Mm. Well, it's it's I think it's three planes because the you've got the basic one that can be built in two ways. Oh yeah, yeah. And then you've got the bigger bomber that can be built in one way. So it 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 is kind of like this three um the 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 three base ships that most factions get on the get go. Yeah. Yeah, typical starting point. Um it'll be interesting to see if they have any more for the for the Necrons. Um especially I mean if you know a lot of the stuff mirrors what's available in, in 40k and they they really only do have these these two. But that does not not open the door oh, for them it, to make a new one. Oh, exactly. That's the thing, right? They can kind of do whatever they want at this point. To, but to but that's the thing. That's the thing about Aeronautica Imperial that's kind of interesting. But first of all, the Necrons, although they may not, they don't have any more planes. Uh, of all the factions, they're the ones that has the most potential ground assets because they have mm. all those pylons. Oh yeah. So let's not like let's not dismiss that. But but also. One of the things that's going to be exciting about Aeronautic Imperialist, which I hope we get to that point, is once they've exhausted all the four, the old Forge World planes, once they've exhausted all the new 40k plastic planes as uh, AI uh, alternatives, I wouldn't hate them to start coming out with new things. Just innovate, design oh, new sure. interesting planes, especially for factions that don't have as many. Because... It doesn't have to translate into 40k, nope. right, but it's a, place, it's a place to test out some, some waters and, and have a bit of fun. It'll be almost like the reverse um, Thunderhawk, right? Like, <laughs> you'll yeah. be begging for a giant resin one? Begging for it, or maybe some people are going to start scratch building and converting. <sighs> like, there's so many cool things that could happen. When, whenever Games Workshop invents new things in one medium, it, it tends to start getting copied in the other ones yep. and that's where you get the creativity so i'm you know yeah but we need to get to that point first we need them to exhaust everything else and the faster they put out those planes the the quicker we get to that yeah and i'm wondering you know because of course the mechanic has just got a, a bunch of new three different planes too in their one of their more recent iterations if they'll bring that in or are they gonna mm. which would be kind of neat or that would be a fun box. Yeah, I would, would hate be. that. And I and Mechanicus versus Necrons does. Uh, that is a. Uh, I would be pretty happy. Because then you can have like a Mars campaign. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Brings you know brings in their requisite Imperial faction for a box. And... Right, but it's and, not. But that's, just yeah, that... Marines yeah. or yeah, yeah. Guard. That's that's one I won't be mad to see. <laughs> I'm just glad that they're, you know, continuing to produce more for the game. Because yes. it is, if you haven't had a chance to play it, find somebody to give you a little demo of it, because it is a great game. It, it's an amazing game, and I I hate to say it, but I feel like Games Workshop is failing in how they're marketing it. I feel like they could be doing more, because as far as rule sets is concerned, it is one of their tightest, nicest rule set. Mm. It is fun. And, and nobody, I mean, the all the factions have their own, you know, distinct abilities that give them a little edge over the other ones. But nobody feels, 
I would say, too overpowered at this point. No, no, it, and I, I think part of that comes with the fact that unlike, say, 40K or even Kill Team, there's a... It, it, it's one of those games that is played mostly in the movement phase. And I, I don't think like, I'm not deep into the AI community. So maybe, maybe like the game has been quote unquote solved, but I feel like it hasn't. I feel like it's not at that point where you can sit down, look at a bunch of stats and go, moon, this is, this is super powerful. Um, I, I feel like we're still, and, and, and I don't know that it's a game that you can completely decide if something's overpowered without trying it out and trying a lot of different games yeah because there's so many things that can go differently just by the positioning of your plane and also the reaction of your opponent yeah right in 40k or age of sigmar i know how far that unit's going to move i know the farthest they could possibly charge in aeronautic i don't know you know you could drop your speed by three and, and do a inverted turn on me and i have no idea Right. Or, yeah, or I can plan this beautiful maneuver where I'm going to have a good tailing, like a good tailing shot with one of my planes, and then two other planes that are going to get like side shots. Like it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And then my opponent just dives like <laughs> two two altitudes, and right. I can't shoot him at all. Like, oh, okay, fine, sure. Like there, there's always that's the thing about aeronautic perilous. There's it feels like there's almost always a place to hide. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the um, you know, which I think is kind of one of the things that I didn't like about X when you used to play it is there's no altitude component to the game, right? Which, yeah. I mean, it's, it's space, mm -hmm. which, so it's, you know, it, maybe you could say it doesn't really matter, but... Um, yeah, but then you shouldn't, like, more. accidentally bump each other. Right, like, right. Yeah. There's nothing but room. Yeah. X-Wing X was the Forge World Aeronautica Imperialist, but less smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're, unlike AI, their second edition of X-Wings were crashed and burned. They really mm -hmm. did. They did not do a great job. You no, want to upgrade your stuff? Here's one of every ship for $50. And I was like, no, no thank you. I, I literally just gave away all my models because I didn't, like, I didn't, I would have felt bad asking someone for money for a game that I felt was already dead. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to give it to the shop. They'll probably sell it. It's good for the shop. I want the shop to stick around because they sell cider now. And, <laughs> and I figure, you know what? They're probably going to sell it mostly to hobbyists at this point. So people yeah. who want to paint a couple of X-Wings or whatever. So, so here you go. No charge. I love you. Bye. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, but, but going back to, to aeronautic imperialists, like there, there's also like the component of how victories are calculated. Like one of the things, one of the games I played uh, recently when I first played my, uh, my space Marines, uh, a fleet, like something, these are words I never thought I'd say. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like, I went in and I, I like, I gave a quick brief look at what my ships could do, but I was just, I mostly just painted them and put them on the board and quickly after the first round, I realized, oh, okay, my planes are really good at long range because their best guns are long range guns. But I'm fighting orcs, which are really good at short and medium. So I am going to do everything in my. And once you figure out these dynamics, like then it's it really becomes it's less of a war of can I shoot you and charge you, and more of a war of. Can I get in the range that is best for me 
in a way where I shoot you first. Yeah. And it's it's hard. It's hard because to shoot first, you need to move second. And anyways, it's it's um it, it it's got very simple rules that demand a lot of strategy and it's a lot of fun that way. Yeah, and it's uh like you said, it's one of their tightest rule sets too. And, and yeah, and I'm, I'm sorry. It, I said like, if you want to shoot first, you need to move first. And if you move first, then you your opponent has the advantage of adapting right, to reacting you. to your movement. Yeah. yeah, my 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 bad. Like, that's fair. I just stemmed the flood of emails. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, other specialist game news is we're getting even smaller knights for Adeptus Titanicus. They're they're coming out with the armagers. The armagers, the the little buddies, little little buddies that uh you know don't seem seem to do too much, but um they look like pretty pretty cool little models. I believe they're Forge World only, which makes sense. Um, and this of course begs the question from everybody: is like you know what are they going to do now? Besides possibly a Chaos upgrade pack after the Traitor Legion book came out, so. Hopefully, I look. There, there is only one good market that market answer to that, and I. But I don't think that's the answer. I don't well, think that's what the so so here's the thing too, right? There's been rumors of a Horus Heresy box set, right? New plat. What if it is Epic Horus Heresy? <sighs> Which I, is it's maybe. it's a starting point, right? Because. For... I feel that if my 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 here's the problem is that again it's just going to be like a bunch of other vehicles that you either get in normal flavor or uh, or, or or chaos flavor. Yeah. But again, Definitely. it is walling off the Xenos enthusiasts. Yeah. It's it's basically by segregating this to 30k. Like I feel like 30k should be an option. Yeah. yeah, not 100%. not the rule. Like, sure, do Titanicus. That's great, but give us 40k Titanicus and make playing 30k Titanicus an option. Because anything that you're gonna have a 40k, you're gonna use for 30k. Like the Warlord Titan is the same. Like the Real yeah, yeah. Titan is the same. They're all the same Titans. Yeah, someone it's who just like a to... subset. Exactly. Anybody who wants to play 30k Titanicus can set that up from a 40k collection but give us a 40k collection because i am not gonna i I don't i'm not as interested i don't want to do mirror fights quite as much and i feel that having just this one collection drives us to mirror fights especially in in a gaming environment where people just i'm going to play the meta and so right. just, <laughs> yeah i i can't imagine what these tournaments must look like they, they must everybody shows up with the same list and just plays the same thing against each other and it's just dice rolls at that point yeah i'm i'm, I'm probably wrong like probably there's <laughs> probably just tons of different stuff and... from my perspective as a potential person who could be spending money on that i am not because that's what i think it's gonna be I could see, you know, uh, uh, Epic Horus Heresy sort of being the gateway into it. Like, that's what, I mean, that's how, what happened originally, right? The first Space Marine box set was, it was just bad Marines versus good Marines, and then they expanded off of that. So um, 
I wouldn't mind it if, if it led to that, to the Xeno stuff, because I think, you know, at this point, just like you, you or a lot of people, I, I guess, not just you, but that's sort of what I'm waiting for is, is more stuff. Because, I mean, it's a popular popular enough game that, um, you know, it's it's depending on where you are, it's still hard to get stuff, right? So, yeah. I, mean, I don't see we've why we've shown how much we like weird tiny planes. Like, yeah, well, and that's the thing, right? They're putting the components together, right? They have the planes now. They have the the titans, which are you know, knights and in the armigers. So, just make them for different factions, and I bring back. I mean, you don't have to bring back all the like. There was thirty different orc vehicles back in in Space Ring. You know, we don't need all thirty of those. Just. Because, because that's the thing. Like a lot of people are 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 crying and baying that they want epic, and I feel like sure, absolutely, finish up the planes for AI, give us new Xenos Titans for Adeptus Titanicus, and then put out like a box that says, "All right, this is how you bring these two together." Yeah. And. That would be met, I believe, with absolutely money-generating, money-printing enthusiasm. This would be acclaimed. Well, and so, especially since, you know, we're in, we're in the world of, uh, of 3D modeling now, right? So just like what they do with Titanicus, where they sort of take their, you know, their, their um, Titan model, shrink it down, you know, clean up the details a little bit so it makes more sense at that scale. You can do that with the infantry, too, right? It's not... You're not so having somebody hand sculpt a bunch of eight millimeter orcs or, or whatever it may be. Yeah. Here's the other option. Um, back in the day, in the heyday of the uh, the heyday of the Star Wars games, right? Um, there were events where you would have these like basically you would have teams and it would be a, like a game of Armada, which would be like Titanicus, um, a game of X Wing, which would be like um uh, aeronautica and then a game of legion which you could do like a kill team so like if they put out like a real thing where you could like run an event like that i think that'd be pretty slick yeah that'd be fun it's it's one of those things where like here's the thing like what, what you just described they actually had something very similar back in the day. There was this very small leaflet. I can't even remember what <laughs> it was called, but it basically told you, all right, so you play Battlefield, Battlefield Gothic, right? It's like, yeah. It's not true. I didn't. It's boring <laughs> game. But I had ships I wanted to. Um, and like, but you play 40K too. It's like, yeah. It's like, all right, what if you could play those two games and have the games of one affect the, the other. Yep. Here's an eight-page booklet that takes tells you how. And for a solid four years, this was my favorite piece of Games Workshop publication. Mm -hmm. It was amazing because the idea that I could have, all right, so my Tau are going to play against the Space Marine and Battlefleet Gothic, and their mission is the mission in the book where I'm trying to bomb the planet and if I succeed, the number of bombing runs is the number of uh, orbital bombardments I'm going to get in the 40K game I play later. That is fun. Like, <laughs> and if they're doing crusade things, yep. that is what you want. Yeah, yeah. And I've always said, like, if you're going to be putting out some books that, like, have crusade rules and all that stuff, like, I, I wouldn't mind buying a Tau book, and the Tau book has 
oh, here's my rules for my Tau Aeronautic Imperial ship. Here's the rules for my uh, my normal Tau on, in, in 40K. Here's my Tau Titan stuff. Like, have all of it, like, in the same book because that makes the book an amazing marketing document, too. So, and that's the thing, right? So we got, like, Octarius books, right? Um, and I, I mean, this, I talked about this a lot on the survey. We all took the survey, right? That's a good time. I love oh, yeah. the survey. Um. <laughs> So hey, who doesn't write an essay? It's like, do you have any further comments? Yeah. Oh, sit down. Yeah. Is, yeah. Like, yeah. is there a That's character limit? No, I, let's I go. Do. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Character limit? No. All right. Sit down. Welcome to my TED talk. Um, and my complaint about them, like, because I like the idea of a campaign book, right? Like, I because I love the Crusade books. They're amazing. And so I like the idea of a of a campaign book, but it it that's never what it is. Right. It's like, oh, and it's more just like, here's more rules for your army, which rule bloat is already a big problem. Yeah. Oh, um, I, I completely so, agree. So if it was like stuff that applied to that campaign, that's fine. Um, and if you wanted to. So like Bellicor came out in a campaign book because his codex was nowhere near when it was coming out. So that's fine. If like you want to build a campaign around this new character that comes out. That's fine. Uh, but then put his data sheet in the box, which they do generally do, but absolutely put his data sheet in the box and make his data sheet available for free online. Yeah. I don't want to buy the book so that I can run this one dude. Like I just don't, we're going to ignore the fact that I have the app to ignore that. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like campaign books are not anything like, no one wants to buy a campaign book, but they feel like they have to buy a campaign book, and I don't think it needs to be that way. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's with the campaign books, it's interesting. I have a friend who, he hasn't played a lot of 9th edition, and we, he was talking about, oh, I want to, you know, get back into 40K, so I play it again, but I need, like, four books to play, right? And you need the rule book, your codex, your campaign supplement that might have, you know, rules you want to use in them, um, and... You know, and so I got to buy, you know, these four books to play this this one game. And <clears throat> especially since if, you know, with the campaign books, typically the rules in there, they give you enough bonuses that at least make that an interesting option to use. Right. Right. And when you start spreading those out um, across multiple campaign books, kind of like what we saw with the Psychic Awakening last mm -hmm. year. Right. The Psychic Awakening stuff became like. If you were a competitive player, that was the meta, right? Using the psychic awakening stuff. Yeah. So it just makes it, it doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> no, and it just makes it tougher for somebody who wants to to jump in if they want to have a, a whole picture of what's going on. Right. That was one well, of the questions on the thing. Was like, you know, is it friendly for new players? And I was like, I've been playing this game for like twenty years, and it is not. It's not friendly to me. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, I've, I've, I think I've talked about it. Like, I've run the experiment of how much, like, if I were to try to get a friend into 40K, how much would it mm -hmm. cost? Like, getting them the absolute basic of everything they need, assuming they want to run Dark Angels was my case study. And I, I, I bought a, a, a combat patrol because that is advertised as your starting point. I got a core book 
I got a uh, the Space Marine Codex, and I got the supplement. I painted the box. The total is, like in Canadian dollars, was roughly $500 worth of things after taxes. Yeah. That is, and that is for your bare bones entry point because you've got a supplement. But imagine if you need to, oh, tack on this campaign book and they attack, mm-hmm. tack on this other supplement. Like it becomes very difficult. Basically, the problem, and it's always been the problem for Games Workshop, is that because they're rules, they're putting this massive wall between a player and models. Mm-hmm. I, I can only, like, I am in front of this wall, and I have a drill to get through. And that drill is my money. It's mm-hmm. basically, it's my money and my time. On the other side of that wall are the models I want to work on. And the thickness of that wall is how many rules I need to conquer to get there. <laughs> yeah. So you need, if you're Games Workshop and you want to sell models because they're making a lot of models, you need yeah. to justify having this wide inventory of SKUs. You need to make that wall as thin as logically possible. Yeah. And I get that they still want to make money off a of book. They're probably making a lot of money off the books. That makes sense. But you need, like, you but need you, to keep an eye. Just make them good, like. Don't make them necessary. Like, don't make me have to buy it. Make me want to buy it. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and in you know, it's not, it's not just forty k. And it, I mean, the same thing is goes for Necromunda too, right? We, yeah, you need the rule book. You need if you want to use any of the stuff specific to your gang, you need their house book. But then you also need the, uh, the gang war supplement because the one thing that you use between every game and you're doing a campaign, the trading post isn't in the main rule book. It's only in the gang war book. Hmm. So, and the the solution to that, in my opinion, remains digital. You need yeah, you definitely. need to the basic bare bones skeleton of what you need to play needs to be available free online. Yep. Like I need to be able to buy a new model and not need to go hunt down books to play it. I need to be able to go from buying that model, painting it, and playing it without with as few obstacles as possible. Like give give me the codexes with all like the fancy pictures. Like people are still gonna buy the codexes. Do not yeah. worry. Even if the rules are available for free for every unit, and and with no limitations. Like give give it give us all the rules, no limitations, all the points. Give us all that for free. I guarantee you're you're gonna see maybe a ten percent drop in codex sales. Yeah. Because people who don't want to buy codexes don't anyways already. Right. Don't worry. Right. Like, exactly. They find a way. <laughs> they they find a workaround somewhere. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's absolutely definitely a market of people that will buy a codex, use the code to get into the app, and then resell that codex for uh, like eighty percent of the price and just make that money back. Like, there's definitely that going on. I see it. So, and there's also at the, this point, the flip side too, where sorry, the people that buy the codexes just sell the code too. Exactly. Like, there's it is absolutely something that's that's going on, and and again, like you want to, I I, I want to buy models and play games the, the the rules are just my tool to get there we we have a lot to cover and i feel like we can turn <laughs> around we can turn we, we can spin around that uh that particular um, yeah. bush for a while <laughs> and probably the the biggest thing over the last two weeks is the games workshop rules update Every, that everybody wanted and then as soon as it was released <laughs> realized they didn't want it that soon I did. <laughs> I, I did was too. pretty happy with it. They're like, 
quarterly. I said, great. They're like, generally, we're not going to do points things here. We are for this just because it really needs it. And this is the first one. So here. And I said, great. And that it it's so good. Yeah. I, 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 you know, the 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 um, the points things come out fairly soon because we're going to have our chapter approved 2021 anyway. So, yeah. yeah. So they said, oh, we'll just do it now, which is great. Yeah. I am. Um, no, I'm into it. Like, I know people yeah. don't like people get mad at rules changes. Right. Um, But it means that they're paying attention to the game. Like people always complain that it's not balanced and da, 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 da. But then the second they balance it, people are like, what are you doing? You're well, ruining everything. Well, that that's because a, you know, an orc list that would that use nine of the same buggy won a tournament, a major tournament. So a bunch of people went out and bought nine buggies. And that's my other part of it, right, yeah. is the the nerfs that are happening are not, like, they're targeting the people who are running what are technically legal lists, but are definitely not within the spirit of the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can do that, I guess, but that's not the idea. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, I mean, the first big change in there was the limit to the number of flyers you can have. Mm-hmm. So 1,000-point games, you get one. 2,000-point games, you can have up to two. And then over 2,000, you can have up to three. Um, I mean, I, I think may, probably, what was it, Eldar, Orcs, and Mechanicus were probably taking the most flyers at this point. Yeah. So everybody else was taking uh, zero to none. So. Yeah. Yeah, my chaos list that I was working on had two, but largely because they're pretty and I like them. Yeah, that's so, why I even know. even though like, my mm. even though my Corvus Black Star is horrible, I still take it every game because I like it. Yeah. But, um, I I mean I don't think this is a you know flyers can be, especially sort of as they mentioned you know with the new orc rules you know pumping out forty whatever shots turn <laughs> can be a little oppressive in the game so. And it's not Aeronautica, like yeah, cool. <laughs> it's just not. Let me direct you to a game you can have as many planes as you want. All the all planes, exclusively planes. Please enjoy. <laughs> and uh, the other change that we sort of alluded to was was the buggies, right? So there's five or six, you know, different types of buggies, and you can only take one squad of each in an army. So that's you know between one and three, rather than you know ten of the of the same no line of sight needed mortal wound causing buggy. Which is great. My last last Adepticon, there was one in my list that I got to play, and it it's a lot of fun. (laughs) It it's great because it's the one bug I didn't take, and the way I built my list because I love variety is I just took a unit of each of the other buggies (laughs) and filled out that one choice. So I am exactly legal. Well, I... And I'm avoiding the one buggy that's supposed to be the most broken, and I'm I, just uh, so happy. I lucked out, lucked out too. Uh, you know, when they when they actually released all the buggies of the last iteration of the Codex, you know, we got the Speed Freaks box set and mm-hmm. a couple of the other ones. So I never had more than two or three of any one of them. So I'm glad I didn't. And I just think you know the army looks cooler that way too with all the different right. kinds of buggies. Yeah, it's that's that's how orcs are. And I hate to say it, but like. If you're gonna be chasing the meta, listen. Don't use your 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 cat yeah. Williams shooting a dude in a chair meme. Like you're <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, 
you like, can say you like you can hold exactly you pointed out you're pointing out the weakness like you're pointing out the thing that they didn't think they had to say because who would do this but oh. i i think you know there there are people out there who this is what they do right they they find a way to to break the game and they take that to a tournament and then they win the tournament so yeah. just I think this is sort of a sign of just, just don't copy them because within three months right. it's going to change probably. To... Oh, yeah, I, I'd say like there, right, there's, two, there's two possible outcomes to this. The first one is you're going to show up and the smarter players are going to have the list designed to break right, the list that you right. copied and you're going to look a fool. And the other one is by the time you're done collecting your army and showing up for a tournament, Games Workshop was going to have nerfed it into, into the ground anyways. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Win win for us, really. Yeah. <laughs> it, it has no impact on my life. Like, no, me neither. But I, I'm just saying, like, it's because I care for our listeners that do play more competitive. Don't like, don't be a burglar that hears a house alarm and goes, "Oh yeah, the doors are going to be unlocked there," and runs towards. <laughs> that's what you're doing. Like, you're going home. towards the loudest freaking noise. Yes, yeah. you're not going to sneak through. And you know, um, <laughs> I and I, you know, I think this, especially with the flyers and the buggies, this is a pretty significant change to army list building rules. I'm, I mean, I'm sure you know you, people will still find ways to work within it with these, with especially the orcs, but um, it's it's a definitely a big change across the board. And we also got points updates for Mechanicus and the Drukari, who were uh, you know typical top placement in. Um, the tournament scene lately, besides the orcs. Yeah, I found it heartening to see the Drew Carey still scoring high because they're an older codex. Yeah, and like I, I one of the things I just I just like as much as anyone is codex creep. So yeah, they've they've been pretty consistent. Um, and you know, so just some some points updates to you know maybe knock your army down if you took the same thing maybe you're ten fifteen percent over, but um, at least alleviate some of the the more oppressive things in the army. But I think what was even better is a lot of the codexes, which are probably a little further out from getting an update, get some new rules. So, Astra Militarum, uh, all Lehman Russes now have a 2-plus save, benefiting the stature of the tank. And you also are able to um, issue... The tank commander orders um, can issue to any what is it any vehicle instead of just Lehman Russes, which is cool. And you can also chain orders with the voice command ability, right? So it gives you a, sort of a, a relays the orders down the line. Right. And cast space brings the the death to the emperor is a. Uh, is a little better now too. It used to be yeah. on a on a roll of six, you get to roll another die. Now it's just to get an extra hit, which is awesome. I like that a lot of people were like, "Yeah, but they didn't give them two wounds." Yeah, well, they didn't increase their price cost either. So right. <laughs> <laughs> sit back and enjoy it while you can, buddy. And and also, I, I just want to point out that Games Workshop, like it used to be when I first got into into uh, Warhammer Forty K, like Space Marines and Chaos Space Marines were basically uh, how can I say. Just 
the uh, the lime and the lemon of flavorings. Like, oh, yeah. I'm like, there's a difference if you really squint and like concentrate real hard. <laughs> Um, but Games Workshop has been through additions and a lot of freaking effort creating new models and changing things, trying to make the Chaos Space Marines and Space Marines into extremely distinct armies. Yep. Yeah. So it it is not impossible that if they do compensate for the two wounds on Space Marines, it may be a different way. It They may be doing I mean, something else. I they did else. already say Eventually. that the Chaos Space Marines were getting two. Good, good. So th- they'll get that. I'm just w- what I'm getting at is, don't expect every single rule Space Marines get to be immediately oh, yeah. translated yeah, sure, to, sure. to, to Chaos Space Marines, because they're trying to give, they're right. clearly trying to give Chaos Space Marines a different flavor entirely. They're trying to at least make them orange. Right. Everybody, stop going Chaos Primaris win. Like, just stop. That's not they're the not, idea. These, We're these not are ten thousand year old Space Marines. Like, they are not getting. I hope not. Like it would be disappointing if they were. Mm-hmm. Give like give them something yeah. else. Give them giving more possessed or a different type of possessed. Like <clears throat> there's organic. so many cooler options than just how about the same things but with tentacles. Like come on, man. <laughs> more spikes. <laughs> Primers with skulls. They already have skulls. They're imperial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a good update for knights too is um. The smaller guys, the armagers and the war dogs or war dogs are now objectively secured, and the larger models count as ten for uh, determining how many models are on an objective marker. So I think that I was... actually, yeah, I really liked that. Yeah. Um, because like if you are, like, if you are a knights player, or like we do, right? Like team tournaments that we do, like we usually put, you know, a knights list in, but like you still got those models, like, you want to play them, you can do it. Like, especially because I think a lot of people are playing single detachment kind of games. Mm-hmm. But if you're playing a single detachment games without, you know, because it's so objective-focused, um, without knights having really a whole lot to, to do with yeah. capturing objectives, you know, that makes it really hard to do. And it was, yeah, it was, like, you know, it was tough before because a single... Space Marine or, or Orc or whatever, any object, a single object secure <laughs> guy behind a wall just could, like anybody. Yeah. could just be, you know, and you got your Armager right up there and, and they don't hold the objective because that guy's a troop or has objective yep. secured. So Armagers count as five, bigger models count as ten, and the Armager models have objective secured now, which would make it, allow them to play the game a little bit more rather than just, okay, well, I just have to try and kill you. Well, I hope I, yeah, I hope I just kill everybody. Yeah. And Necron's got a whole slew of units added to core, which, um, as you know, with with the new rules, a lot of stuff affecting core units is really really gives them a boost too. Yeah. Which they they desperately needed because there was like you know three or four core units and space teams were like everything's core, and and the Necrons wept if they could. Yeah, but they can't. So we should be seeing these updates quarterly going forward, which I think is is great. Um, rather than the, I mean, it used to be every couple of years or then, you know, we were up to just once a year with, or twice a year. And now they're rolling back again to quarterly. So, which is I funny just that want them, I, I just want them to pay attention to when the big events are. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, like don't change my rules. What was it? There was an event. There was a pretty decent event 
like the week after the rules came out and everybody's like, well, good luck everybody. Yeah. yeah. Like that's rough. Like either, like they need to pay attention and TOs need to understand that like there's a big sweeping change. A week is not going to cut it. Mm. Just, just play the old game and it'll be fine. Yeah. Look, look a lot. I think a lot of the bigger tournaments luckily are, um, you know, pretty good about that. They're like anything after this date doesn't count. Right. Exactly. But yeah, they should definitely, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to release it like the day before that cutoff happens, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it all depends. He's like done. if the cutoff is three months, then sure, that's fine. But if it's two weeks, no. Yeah. 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 Um, so oh, people get used to the cadence too, right? I mean, it's. Yep. It's much, it's much better than they had before. I thought it was weird that they asked the question on the survey, like, how how often do you want rules updates? And then they're like, right? ah, and here you go, like, quarterly, and deal with like, it. Ah, quarterly, and I was like, nah, all right, you change your mind, like, going back. Though, I mean, the thing is, that's data that just populates into into a, a chart. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that that is not data that requires any... Wait, you any, don't, you yeah. mean... You mean they don't have Adam Trogue just reading every Adam just Adam, Adam Trogue and Eddie Eccles are just reading every response and like putting a little check mark on a piece of graph paper. I would watch I would watch the live stream of them doing that. I was gonna say the next Warhammer Live is them reading all the uh, additional comment field where you can say whatever you oh, want. No. And here's I'm one from JF. My, oh my god, this is my long. Comments. <laughs> <laughs> so um are we done reading rules can we talk about the dumbest thing ever yeah go for it yes oh wait am i the one who's you're the one this? you're gonna do it oh i'm doing the honors on this oh yeah, okay. you are. it was your dumb idea I, guys i, I am <laughs> I, I know most people pro- probably know me as the weakest link in 40k radio <laughs> <laughs> i just, to prove my worth, I've uh, I've decided to bring you the stupidest thing I've ever had, stupidest idea. So, um, I recently bought the Red Gobo miniature, and I was looking at the stupid box and thinking, hmm, Red Gobo. You know, you know what's cool is that Adepticon is to me like Christmas. It is it is my second Christmas of the year. The first one being Nanorimo, where I get to write like an idiot. Um, but because Adepticon is Christmas to me, and because there is such a thing as the Red Gobo, I figured, wouldn't it be cool if we did a secret Red Gobo for Adepticon? And if you don't understand what I'm getting at, I mean a sort of secret Santa exchange. So we're going to try to do this, and it's going to be dumb, and it's going to be super fun. So we're going to, by by the time this episode goes up on our Facebook page, we're going to have a form, uh, a link to a form that you guys can, uh, can go into. Uh, We're also, before, before the end of this episode, Amy is going to give us the link to that form so that you guys don't have to go to Facebook if somehow you, you absolutely rage against Zuckerberg. But the, the basic principle is, is this, is we're going to do a gift exchange. It's not, it's not a serious gift exchange, although you, you can't avoid a certain degree of seriousness when talking about Games Workshop models because the price related. But here's how it's going to work. So you fill out the form. The form doesn't ask you for a ton of information. It's basically just contact info in the form of an email, uh, which armies you play and like, uh, if there's any spot that people can look at your armies and your models, if you feel like leaving that information. If not, that's fine too. 
And what we're going to do is we uh, we will for a period of time. When did we decide we're going to stop this? We're like on Christmas, Christmas Eve? Christmas Eve. Yeah, through Christmas so Eve. So you guys will have until Christmas Eve to fill out that form. And what we're going to do is once we have all these forms, we're going to randomly distribute to each uh, to each participant a secret uh, red gobo. And you're going to be someone's secret red gobo, and basically you're going to have their not their contact info, but you will have that's for us. You will have their uh, their preferences, their name, and and any link that they give us to see what they like. And what you will do then is paint them a fig. We, it can be like. Just something that you've always wanted to paint that you feel that they'll like, something that you think will add to their collection. Uh, maybe they have an extremely serious Space Marine army and you want to give them a goofy uh, Primaris Lieutenant because you have 24 <laughs> of them lying in front of home. This is this is a good time for you to assuming you've got like the like the option like it's it's it's, it's a good opportunity for for you to get out of your normal painting comfort zone. It's a good time to experiment with some maybe some some kid bashing. Maybe you've got the perfect model in your pile of shame that you will never paint for yourself, but you've got the opportunity to paint it for someone else. So basically, there's no real limit as to how you procure the model. And because of the nature of this hobby, some models being older and out of print, some of you might want to get a new model that's just come out or get a model that you don't necessarily already own. Uh, it's really hard for us to put a price barrier, like minimum, maximum. So it's going to sound weird, but we put a minimum of, quote unquote, $25 and a maximum of, quote unquote, $100. But again, when you're fishing in your old bid box or in your old pile of shame or in used models, it becomes difficult to play around. So we're you asking understand people, the spirit yeah, of what we're doing here. Exactly. The, the idea is to stay within the spirit. The whole, like the one and only goal of this is to give something to a fellow hobbyist that they will either get a laugh out at, that they will, that will enjoy, that they can add to their collection, that they can display proudly, whatever. Like it, your, your painting level, your level of skill, painting wise words, no matter how <laughs> you are at painting, the idea is to find something in a way to just make another hobbyist happy. Yep. And you will have this. This is obviously kind of limited to Adepticon goers because this is the Adepticon Red Gobo secret Red Gobo thing. Because then what we're going to do is at Adepticon for our live recording of 40K Radio, you'll all be invited to join us and to exchange your secret Red Gobo gifts to, with one another. And anybody that can't make the recording will have a system so that we can make sure that everybody gets the prizes, like the, 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 the gifts they're supposed to get. And if by any chance someone does wind up being an orphan because, I don't know, your secret red gobo went to jail for embezzlement <laughs> or something, I don't know what happens. But let's say for some reason you've been orphaned. Don't worry. For 40K Radio crew is gonna have you covered somehow. Like we've we've got plans. We were uh, we're smart. Uh, <laughs> well, Matt and Amy are smart. So yeah, I mean this is the disjointed explanation for it. Um, I hope that we get a good turnout and that this is fun. This is something that we can start doing every year uh, at Adepticon because it's one of those ways that we can actually connect to uh to our audience and to and, and to our community and i don't feel like we do that enough i agree Definitely. uh so if you want to sign up um without 
going through all the rigmarole, you can go to tiny.cc slash redgoboswap, R-E-D-G-O-B-B-O-S-W-A-P. That'll take you right to the form. Um, the So you have through Christmas Eve to sign up. The emails with who your, who your partner is um, will be going out um, the week in between um, – in between Christmas and New Year's. Um, and I haven't entirely figured out what email those are coming out from. So I guess we'll deal with that next episode. Uh, well, we, we have a handful of 40K emails. Like it, it, it'll probably end with 40K.com. So don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah. 40Kradio.com, sorry. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll probably, you know, whatever the episode after they go out, we'll make sure that everybody knows uh, where they went so in case they get snagged by the spam filter, yeah. which sometimes happens when I send out all of these emails. Mm-hmm. Mm. So yeah, I'm I'm so excited. I'm I'm super excited, but I'm also very nervous as as my <laughs> disjointed description of the event goes because I mean you you and I Amy have uh well mostly you but you've worked on secret Santa projects and communities in the past and you mm-hmm. above all people know how complicated and uh and, and and dangerous it can become so i'm just I'm, excited I'm, to have one more thing to distract me from all the things i should be right. working on for adepticon i'm should we be doing this then this is perfect let's go i i look i here the the, the joke is like this is something that i personally during other secret santa type things i've painted fakes for other people it yep. is i I will not lie. I want this to happen for me because I like having these little projects once in a while. Yeah. They're fun. It's yep. it's great to cyber stalk someone to see what they like and what they don't like and find like cool little ideas that will really suit them and, and then paint a fig for it. It's so much fun. And no better way to celebrate the first Adepticon in several years. Yeah. And by f- trading physical goods. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it's it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, please, guys, sign up if if you're interested in participating. And if you haven't done a gift exchange before, you know, you just don't worry about it, right? You'll figure something out. People always do. And yep. it's fun, right? You it's don't have to worry about it. Like, yeah, it's exactly. Fun. It's don't supposed stressed. to be fun. Don't stress about it. Yeah, and all, all this information is going to be in the post for the uh, in, on Facebook from uh, – t- t- describe the event like in in a much more succinct and intelligent manner than I, what i just did but this is just <laughs> to give you a heads up like look for it and it, we're gonna have a lot of fun yeah all right well i'm looking forward to seeing everybody out there who's going to be at adepticon signing up or exchanging gifts with amy and Drea. <laughs> that's okay too i said i said i i'm worried that amy's just gonna give me all the everybody like here you're you're a secret santa too oh uh, something happened with the randomizer you have 20 people oh. you just gotta you know you know but that, hey that's what it said so oh yeah and, and just for, for the record like we're participating so oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> what that's big worth. time it's like oh i i got a jf fig <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, so look for that post on our Facebook page or just, you know, follow the link. Amy, let you know. Amy, what's that link again? Uh, it is tiny.cc slash redgoboswap. And we'll have more information on that in our next episode. We'll figure out what, which email address actually works. 
But other than that, uh, please, you know, post on Facebook to let us know what you're working on. We're always interested in seeing that. And um, as as we do more non-secret projects, we'll we'll be able to post videos and <laughs> or photos too. And we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you for listening to 40K Radio, part of the Free Buddhas Network. You can contact us via email at hosts at 40kradio.com or on the Free Buddhas Forum. Please check out the other podcasts on the Free Buddhas Network. Until next time, remember that in the grim darkness of the far future, there is only war and cookies. <laughs>